In the third episode of Founders Gyan, we bring you the story of Abel, the founder of Isle.co, a brand new startup. So please welcome your host Ram. Hey everybody, welcome once again to the show. Today we have a great guest on the show. His name is Mr. Abel Joseph and he is the founder and CEO of isle.co that is a i s l e.co which is a venture that plans to disrupt the Indian dating scenario. Abel is not a newbie to the startup scene having started numerous ventures before this one and I'm super pumped, super excited to bring this show to you and I'm sure you are too. So no more wasting time, let's get going. Welcome to the show man. I'm super excited to do this podcast with you. For those who don't know Abel, he's the founder and CEO of isle.co that has been conceived as an Indian matchmaking brand of the future. Before Isle, Abel had as has had a string of startups including collarbone.in, Kim's Place and Scratch Lab artist management company. Personally, it's a great honor to meet somebody like you and thanks a lot for taking time out of your busy schedule to share your knowledge, wisdom and gyan with our listeners. Thank you Abel for agreeing to be on the show. Thank you very much. I think uh, I've never had that sort of an introduction just yet, but yeah, that's pretty much the list that's been the story so far. Excellent. So Abel, can you tell us a bit more about your journey and background before isle.co? Uh, maybe you could talk about some of your previous ventures or, or what you were doing before isle.co. Yeah, I think uh, you pretty much covered the whole of the resume. Maybe the some some of the things that that are not there on it is probably you know my first job at that, that was in uh, Sifi Highway. Uh, so mm-hmm. this was the time when internet was very new in India, and Satyam Online I think came out with Sifi Highway. So they had a bunch of these uh, you know internet cafes all over the country, and I managed to get myself a job where I was a cafe manager. So I was in charge of opening the shutter you know giving uh, these guest accounts to users who would walk in and once that's done i would collect their money and then shut the shut it down at about 8 o'clock and go back home so this was i think uh, back when i was in 9th grade so from then on i think i've always had the urge to kind of be on my own so right after that i got into multi level marketing so i think people are very familiar with uh, brands like amway but uh, i was into something called collarbone sorry that was it's not collarbone it's a uh, coni bio okay they were selling medical products and i i tried selling them so i was trying to you know be independent right from the start and uh, that was during sc- schooling days and after that i moved to bangalore and uh, yeah so that's probably where i got into a little bit of djing and then emceeing and right after that with a friend of mine his name is uh, prashant he's a very popular dj in bangalore so he and i we started a an artist management company so we had about seven artists that we were managing at the same time uh, we also had a dj school and we used to teach a bunch of kids uh, on weekends so yeah after that i think uh, everything that you mentioned from then on i think i moved to delhi i was kind of soul searching there for a little bit and while i was there uh, i also had my two cats with me they were imported from thailand so they they persian cats and they have fur all over and when i moved to delhi it was summer and it was quite hot they couldn't uh, handle the heat it was quite new for them so i had to move to an apartment where there was air conditioning and i was obviously on a limited budget and everything 
but that soon changed as soon as it was winter in Delhi. By the time it was December, we didn't need that apartment, but at the same time, the cats were like quite dull. I mean, they they were probably not used to the 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 cold climate as well. And that's when I started looking for clothing for the cats, and figured that there isn't a company which is popular in India who is doing that. So I moved back to Bangalore, opened up Collarbone, and uh, that was that was probably the first uh, online clothing store company uh, which existed in India. And I think even today that there isn't any company that is actually catering to that. But we designed all of the clothing ourselves, got got them manufactured in China. Uh, got them back to India and then started distributing it online, uh, but that didn't have uh, a lot of impact. I mean, it, it was quite hard to like acquire users. The conditions of the pets were not as good as it it, it is today. Uh, so I had to shut it down, move to uh, Dubai, and then uh, worked a few jobs there. But the the goal was always to come back and restart Collarbone. It it didn't really happen. But in between turn of events, it led to the 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 inception of Isle. Okay, excellent. So, so my next question was uh, exactly this: uh, What is Isle, and how is it different from other uh, other matchmaking sites or dating sites? And how did you come up with this idea? And is there something in your own personal dating history that prompted you to come up with this? Uh, I, I would have assumed that since you are an artist and uh, DJ and uh, you're not an artist and DJ, but you're hanging around with artists and DJs and musicians. I, I would have assumed that such people easily get uh, matches, you know. So so can you tell us a bit more about the origin of uh, Isle? So I think, you know, between the the days of 2007 to 2009, we were quite popular in uh, Bangalore. Uh, there was definitely a cult following. Every time we had a show, it was packed. And yes, social proof does exist does help you in you know getting a lot more attention than uh, some of the others but that sort of attention does not lead to a relationship i mean you can meet a lot of people but then you're not quite sure about the intent of the people that you're meeting and you know if you take any celebrity for that matter uh, they all struggle with love um, so yeah it, it, it helps in just having probably like a casual sort of a relationship or just meeting somebody quickly but if you wanted to actually have a sustained sort of a relationship you definitely have to put in work and I think uh, you know in a way that uh, in a way all of that history has kind of helped in the formation of Isle so if you really think about it the way that it works since you asked about the differences between Isle and some of the other brands it's completely different uh, I think everybody is striving to get their downloads or their signups to be on the higher level I think we are more of a service it's almost like we handhold all of our members. What we want to ensure is that we have somebody for everybody on aisle. Uh, so just like how a, a nightclub would work, you know, you have to put yourself on the guest list. So you apply for membership on aisle, and if you if you get there, then the, the the bouncers will check you out. Are you wearing sandals? Are you presentable? The same way our curators would see if we can help you, and if we're sure that you're somebody who who would actually find Isle useful, that's when you become a member. So membership is absolutely free. So that's one of the primary differentiators between Isle and not just uh, you know dating or matchmaking websites in India, but all over the world. I think we are the only ones who take the pain of actually going through each and every applicant and making sure that they would likely meet somebody who who is very like-minded and, and 
almost internationally minded and and that that's it just increases the probability of you settling down so we don't leave it to the computers we are more like apple that way we like to do it ourselves you know we we engage humans to do the the curation so yeah that's that's that okay and uh, what happens once a person signs up and is to uh, goes through the initial process then then what what's the next step on your website so you could probably compare aisle with uh, your favorite dining experience maybe the most premium dining experience that you've been to once you walk in i think what you would see is the kind of crowd that that you most enjoy being around with and that's the same exact offline experience that's been replicated online once you are a member and you log in you would see a healthy mix of both men and women of i think you know just about everybody that you would find on it is somebody that you want to be friends with it's a very vibrant community you find everybody from it could be yoga instructors small time entrepreneurs like myself you know enthusiastic people like yourself it's a very vibrant community like i said you could even find atful actors and what not so what we are trying to do is we trying to build a defendable business we want to keep the women happy and we cannot do that if we going to like throw out not just us even if it's an algorithm you know they probably might not be very comfortable seeing some of the profiles that exist on our competitors websites so we we try and weed that out and make make it exactly like an offline experience i mean why would somebody walk into let's say something like toyt in bangalore you know probably the only reason is because they enjoy that i mean if you don't enjoy the crowd no matter how good your food is no matter how good your drinks are they will not walk in the second time so yeah we want to make sure that the crowd definitely can uh, get along with each other so yeah that's okay. that's that okay okay so uh, excellent so uh, just for info i i'm not actually new to the online dating space in fact i met my wife on orkut if you remember such a site before facebook came and uh, blasted it uh, into oblivion yeah. uh, but there wasn't that at that point there wasn't much much more options for online dating so how's the space now is it any better or is it still very nascent uh, where do you see the space at the moment and the future i think uh, in india is still nascent but if you if you look for press releases in the west more than 50% of the couples there who were married probably met on an online dating website there was a study that was done which said that uh, one out of four couples met on facebook and it's just that time in in, in our era you know everybody is on the internet so if we were an offline culture still we would definitely go back to our parents and our relatives and our friends to see if there are like prospects that we can meet but times have changed it's become fast uh, he wants instant sort of gratification and and results so getting yourself online and putting yourself out there saying that hey i am available and i'm looking and this is the sort of person that i'm looking for and that's that's without the the fear of rejection i mean if you're offline and you meet somebody and you ask somebody out you might get rejected and that's right. going to be very very heavy on your heart but online the 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 pain i think would be a lot lesser so if you did like somebody and you you try to communicate with that person even if that person said no you can always you know go on to another person without or by the knowing that nobody else knows about my failure so psychologically i think online dating does help it helps you meet a lot more people than if you were online and at the end of the day love is a 
is a numbers game you know the more people you meet the more chances of you finding that that special someone for yourself but you would also have to you know improve your mindset not improve but put yourself in a space where you you tell yourself that i am ready to you know take my life to the next level and the next level is nothing but sharing your space and time with somebody else so yeah you know just like how you found your uh, partner on orkut a lot of people today are open to the idea of finding their partners online and that's where i think the success of match.com eharmony shadi and isle would lie uh, depending on what kind of niche that you've carved for yourself right. i think eharmony would have carved a niche where uh, they're looking for uh, the older audience match.com is probably looking for the younger audience shadi.com is probably a lot more uh, you know uh, useful for the traditional indian or uh, i'm obviously talking about the you know depending on the same opinions that i have uh, after interacting with a lot of my friends aisle would probably be, be the niche where a lot of the younger indians would would want to hang out it really depends on what your vision is and who you want to cater to but i think if you compare the an- anonymously matching sites or apps like tinder and if you compare the informed decision making applications like match.com or aisle relationships definitely get formed on the latter but the other ones are a lot more casual and you can probably find a companion but not so much a wife or a girlfriend or a boyfriend or a husband and i think uh, you know applications like tinder or the others they existed back in the days you know i, I don't know if you remember yahoo personals yeah. everybody would just log on it and ask for your asl <laughs> and uh, but it did not lead to anything right you know i mean th- there would always there there'll always be that odd case but if you did build a company where uh, you understood that the end product or the end result should be a relationship that's when it truly works and that's where i think uh, you know uh, applications like match eharmony aisle shadi bharat matrimony they all stand out compared to the others so yeah swiping left and right it's pr- it's probably not the best way to find your partner okay okay excellent excellent i mean uh, i i wish i were younger maybe by 10 15 years i would have definitely found i'll much more useful though i'm not sure my wife <laughs> would like to hear that can can you talk a bit more about the name uh, what does the name signify yeah i think uh, you know brand names are always something that you should give a lot of thought into how long do you want to exist in the market uh, you know apple is a pretty good example it really did did not I mean if you re- if you read about how they came up with the name it's quite interesting but it's quite generic it can be easily understood by a lot of people and we wanted such a name i mean we wanted something that that could symbolize what we do we wanted something very simple and that could be understood and pronounced by people that we cater to and uh, uh, at the same time the availability of the domain is also quite important Right. I mean domain names are very very expensive the premium ones. Right. Fortunately, Isle was our top pick. It we did not own it. It was a premium domain. If you had to get it, you had to you couldn't get it even if you wanted to because it was owned by somebody else. But today if somebody had to buy Isle from us, we would at least get about $25,000. And and that's the thing about these brand names and it 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 just adds value. I mean, I think there are there are there's information out there that housing dot co dot in bought housing dot com for almost a million dollars, and I think it was a good buy. Uh, you have to have that 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 class and value for you to be able to get 
that sort of an audience to attract that sort of an audience so we put a lot of thought into the brand name and fortunately for us i think you know the 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 domain was going to drop i think it was late november in 2013 i probably didn't sleep a lot those three days because there's a definite you know procedure in you getting that uh, that name i mean even if it drops there probably already a bunch of people in queue waiting for that uh, you know for you for them to like buy that domain so i probably slept slept in 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 intervals and uh, one fine day it dropped so when i refreshed the page it said that it was dropped i quickly made the payment and in 5 minutes i got to know that we own the domain you know it, it was probably the first time that i felt like there was definite purpose of the business that's uh, that's i think uh, very important for for you to have uh, a a brand name which is simple symbolic and also web friendly and i list all of that yeah it it really sticks it's something that is not hard to uh, remember so i think that that's something that's really working in your favor now for our budding founders listening out there can you tell us how to replicate your thought process and come up with a winning idea i can't <laughs> but uh, or maybe some tips uh, not exactly your thought process so how how do you come up with a winning idea let me put it in more simple terms uh, in the sense okay you you came up with this idea but but surely you had a problem to solve or, or uh, because you met your fiance through aisle so it definitely solved your problem uh, and and that that's how you came up with this idea so could you give us more some some tips or gyan on how other people can come up with 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 a good idea maybe not a winning idea with a good idea so firstly i think entrepreneurship has become sexy all of a sudden <laughs> it shouldn't be that way I, i don't think it's it's for everybody you know a lot of angel investors in the west ha- is uh, starting to reveal this not everybody is fit for you know uh, this sort of a lifestyle and it's definitely a lifestyle uh, it's a lifestyle where you pretty much sacrifice everything else and you just go after one problem and try and solve it and talking about ideas i think uh, everybody who's been in the industry would tell you that it it has nothing to do with the idea but the execution and i completely disagree with that i think it has a lot to do with the idea you know ideas like snapchat airbnb uber and i think i i would throw an aisle somewhere in that uh, cluster it has a lot to do with the idea as well uh, something which is as disruptive as airbnb was not recognized by some of the most prolific investors in the west and i'm very very glad that the founder actually uh, made those emails public you know some of the out of the box ideas cannot be easily understood and i think it was einstein who said that i'm i'm not quite sure but we'll have to probably google this but anything that can be easily understood is probably not a great idea you know uh, and aisle is not easily understood by a lot of people but the ones who do understand aisle are our target audience and fortunately for us it's it's not too hard for us to grow aisle but coming back to the question what do entrepreneurs have to do i think a lot of reading research uh, i think uh, there are those you know who are you know from probably from childhood just looking at ideas and being inspired i think th- th- those are more of the the creative bunch but the entrepreneurs who get the money today are probably the more analytical ones i am not quite sure as to who should be doing it but if i had to take call on it i would take the ones who are 
skilled in more than one one field it might not be really coding uh, it would probably be a, a lot more than that it, it could be logical thinking i mean i, th- I think the prob- the the best example would be the most successful entrepreneur that we've ever known that would be steve jobs he didn't build himself but sometimes you probably have to put the responsibility and the money into the hands of somebody who knows what to make rather than somebody who knows how to make so i don't really have any advice for entrepreneurs i would say try and stay away from it try and meet those who are impressing you and just try and work with them and the ones who are impressing you are the ones who are solving a challenge through an idea which cannot be easily understood but they definitely doing a good job so a lot of reading acquire a lot of skills on the way uh, you know i think you do me going on that learning something from that maybe your calling is not to become an entrepreneur you you would probably be a i don't know like a filmmaker or something or an author probably a a podcast you know enthusiast like yourself all of this can add value to the world i think it was the you know the founder of man I'm, i'm forgetting his name but uh, you know the the guy who came up with spiderman superman and all stanley stanley Stan exactly you know he said that when when he was younger and he had this interest in building these characters all of the other people that he knew were building bridges and other companies and he felt that he was irrelevant to the world but somehow he was able to entertain others and that is also important so although entrepreneurship is sexy today like photography was about 2 years ago and djing was about 3 years ago you don't really have to get into it unless that is your calling just because your friends are on it just because you know those are the the ventures that is getting a lot more of the money you might not survive in it so please explore always i think uh, i i i came across this article by the founder of oyo rooms right. uh, ritesh on how he spent years and years trying to explore what he he could be doing i mean he went and met entrepreneurs he put put himself out at events now somebody who has an inclination to something else might not do that for ages but today i think uh, he's probably at least uh, to to my knowing he's probably the most interesting entrepreneur in india and uh, yeah so i don't really have any tips for entrepreneurs but i would definitely say that start acquiring skills today if you if that's what you want to be someday yeah. and hearing hearing you uh, talk about this i i think maybe try and add value to the world and try and do things that you're good in is probably a good start to uh, maybe you don't need to be an entrepreneur good coder in an IT company or or, or maybe do something really well and uh, maybe that's your calling so maybe find your calling is is what what is the uh, lesson here yeah uh, well uh, at least uh, the way that i look at entrepreneurship if you sleep less if you talk to your parents less if you don't have too many friends and uh, you're you're good at picking things up fast and people tell you that you're different probably these are signs that you are going to be an entrepreneur even if it is uh, you know if even if you think you are all of this you could be delusional and you might fail so it's a very very hard call to make but i i see a lot more people failing than succeeding i list still a question mark i mean uh, we trying our best to get there but for all you know it might not but you know just the the ability to perceive i think uh, when you reached out to me the first time on linkedin right. uh, i was quite busy and and you know i didn't I, i didn't really pay a lot of attention you reached out to me again and then you reached out to me the third time and i think the the persistence is probably what what made me 
look for who you really are right. uh, because there was not, not not a lot of information on linkedin as right. to who you are and trust me i mean I, we do get a bunch of messages and we try and only uh, give out our energy to something that really stands out but when i went out to the internet and and looked for you and got to know that you're somebody who does put in a lot of work and hard work you know just to to kind of do the things that you think is right uh that's very unorthodox unorthodox and i think uh, they are the ones who should be uh, chasing after entrepreneurship but if you're the one who is probably sleeping about 8 to 9 hours a day and you think you need it you like uh, hanging out and eating good food and uh, all that i'm not quite sure if you're the right person for entrepreneurship but these are my opinions and yeah. that's because i have not really met an entrepreneur who 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 takes life you know the happy go lucky sort of a person I'm not quite sure who said it but you know it's the it's a survival of the paranoid okay. you know uh, if you think it's intel's intel's boss i don't know his name yeah so yeah. yeah so i think it's quite true i mean if if you can't sleep at night thinking about a problem good for you and okay. good for the world because you're probably the one who's going to solve it okay okay so uh, so that that leads me to the next question which is uh, let's say you have an idea and you really want to do this for whatever reason you want to get into entrepreneurship though it's against your advice <laughs> but still the person is persistent and says no i want to do this now what what are the steps that somebody needs to take in order to make this idea into a reality what's kind of the way to go forward with execution of an idea i think it would depend on person to person and for somebody like myself uh, i had to make sure that there's enough in the bank you know for for me to be able to sustain my life at the same time explore something else but for somebody else who might have a a more uh, well off sort of a, uh, you know like a family setting for them the problem would be something else so uh, it it really varies from person to person so i'm a firm believer in uh, you know design solutions that is if you are a b2c sort of a product you know design can pretty much solve anything for you and the way that i would do is uh, or i would go about solving a problem uh, or starting a venture would be to just sit down with pen and paper and just just by design solve the problem or solve the challenges that exist with the market leaders and you could take weeks for that if i had to talk about i i think the only thing that i did was just sit down with pen and paper not note down the top 10 problems that uh, you know mass.com or some of the others had and just design it i mean it is design your way out of it and uh, there's something magical about you know when when you just sit by yourself and just think and just note these things down you know it, it shouldn't be a surprise to anybody if you just start or your your mind comes up with answers and i think uh, some of the the top guys that we know of uh, you know including steve they do this very very often just sit by themselves and think uh, of how you can just solve like one small little problem it could be the height of the chair that i'm sitting on right now you know is there a, is there a better way to you know just make it lower or higher than me reaching out to you know the the pedal at the back and there you would find solutions to it at least you will have an opinion on it uh, is that the best solution maybe not and if it's not you would fail but that's okay at least you will have an opinion on it so yeah th- there would be number of steps on how you can build a business but I think the only reason why I said design is probably because that's the way I do it. I I I resort to design. Okay, so so you came up with the design and then 
you're not really a IT IT person. So what next happened? Did you go find co-founders? Did you hire somebody to do the coding? What exactly did you, did you do after you came up with the design uh, of Isle? How, how did you actually come up with the website and things like that? So I'm a risk taker and I don't mind, uh, you know, if, if I have to like uh, blow up all of my savings, I, I wouldn't mind doing it if I really believed in what I did. I wouldn't advise that for anybody, but once I think uh, I had the designs ready, uh, I started researching on what are the technologies that we need to ha- make this happen. It's, it's kind of like, you know, if you're an architect, like you have the outside and the inside of it ready, but you should also know as to what kind of material that you might want to use for you to be able to build it and make an estimate out of it, right? So you trying to be an architect of your own venture, that's something that I followed. So I had the design study, did research on the kind of tech stack that we should have had and the hourly charges of some of the, you know, the, the programmers, not just, uh, so at the time I was in Dubai, but I was exploring programmers from all over the world. Fortunately for me, I had a chance to interact with a lot of, you know, citizens from around the world, I would say. And it was quite easy to spot who were the most efficient programmers. And I think uh, Russians are quite cool that way. Uh, you know, they, they talk less, they do more. And Indians also to an extent, but it was very, very hard to identify somebody. But a friend introduced me to an agency and we quickly understood the idea. I probably made a document which was about 60, 70 pages. It was very, very detailed out as to what I should be. Everything from where an icon should be placed to what notification should come up if an action was triggered. It was a very detailed sort of an, a, a document. So I spent weeks on making that. Once the document was made, I passed it on to the agency that I wanted to work with. They gave me an estimate and that estimate was pretty much all of my life savings. I said, fine. And we started building the product. And on the side, I was also putting together a team. So by the time I moved back to India, I already had a team of five and uh, Isle was pretty much made. Uh, you know, it was complete. But uh, I think we launched on uh, 14, 7, 14. So yeah, that's pretty much the way I went about it. I, I do not code, but I can, you know, read and understand, uh, not code, but as to what technologies that that needs to be used, etc. And, I, you know, you, it's, it's always good to have people who, who can just validate some of the uh, things that are, you know, sent, sent to you by a third party. And I had that, fortunately. A lot of my friends were helping me out on, on, on just, you know, guiding me and, and letting me know that whatever was getting done was to, was being getting done the right way. But yeah, that's the way that I was created. Okay, excellent. So from what I understood, Isle is uh, your brainchild and uh, there are no co-founders, right? I do have co-founders. Uh, how, how many co-founders do you have? So, we three of us. I would just call us directors of the company. I think co-founder is uh, an interesting word. If you talk about the intellectual property or the, or the time that's been spent, uh, probably I was the only one who was thinking about how I should should have been creative. But I, it's, it's definitely a, a joint effort to run the company. So initially, uh, I connected with a friend of mine from school. He's probably the, the smartest person that I know. So... We were discussing about restarting Collarbone and, you know, uh, so we, we kind of had an agreement on how we would go about things and that's when I think uh, my breakup happened with, uh, you know, the, the girl that I was kind of having a lot of interest in. So once that breakup happened, that's when a lot of my friends and family asked me to try out some of the other websites that existed. 
uh, and the applications and whatnot. But that that's probably where I started spending a lot more time on understanding online dating and not so much on collarbone. And uh, so I quickly called up my, my co-founder at the time and I said, hey, you know what, I think there's, there's a bigger challenge to solve and it's very, very interesting to me. We spoke for a week on how we could do it and we agreed on it and we started IRL. He's played a very, very important role uh, in the building of or the, the erection of IRL. He's the one who pretty much, uh, you know, set up the company because as an NRI, you can't really have a company in India. So he did all of the paperwork. He was getting things ready in India while I was still, uh, you know, trying to build Isle, uh, sitting in Dubai, as well as getting some cash from all of the, you know, the, the salary that I was earning. But by, by the time I, I think I moved to India, work was quite hectic. It may not have seen from the outside as to a venture that might actually take off. And there was also pressure from his friends and family as to, you know, because he was getting, I mean, this is somebody who can get an offer tomorrow in a McKinsey or elsewhere like that. And I think, you know, th there were a few dif differences. Uh, we discussed uh, some of the responsibilities that we had and Feb or March he moved out. And yeah, so by, from then on, I think I've been alone. And I also had a team of four when, when we launched Isle. But they quickly moved out, I think, two months from then. So these are, I think, people who used to earn the 70s and 80,000s. But we did not have, you know, capital to begin with. So two months of no salary, I, I think it, it was not. Uh, and, and, and these are not, I mean, these are friends of mine who did not really understand the startup culture. So and, and they could not really survive without a salary. So they quickly moved out. And I think I was pretty much uh, left with Isle by myself until Jan. But by then, I had identified the core team that should have come in. So my co-founders today, I was in talks with them from probably about September. But I've known them for years. But, uh, you know, we had an agreement saying that once we do get funding and once we know that the basic needs could be paid and that would be our rent and food and whatnot. And it's quite hard to live in a city like Bangalore without about ten or 15,000 as your monthly spend. So once we had the funding, they quickly quit their jobs and they they joined I. So yeah, we three founders. That would include uh, Bibin, who's in charge of the curation, and also Razi, who is the CTO. So he is pretty much in, in charge of technology and security. So that's us. Okay. And they joined you after the product launched, right? So uh, after that, has there been any serious disagreements on the direction in which the product should go or, or the features and things like that? And uh, is there any example that you can tell us where you kind of resolved these differences uh, though people might have been uh, looking at it in a different way? Yeah, well, I think... Fortunately, I, we have never had these differences. I mean, the differences that I mentioned about, you know, with my, my earlier friend who was a part of while was, uh, you know, the, the allotment of time or the dedication to, to the business. And I, I am a workaholic. I mean, I'm, I'm used to working about 15 to 20 hours a day, including weekends. But that is not the case for everybody. I mean, we are all different. But I thought that was important at the time, which is why we had differences. But there was never a difference in the idea 
and that is the same for my my existing co-founders we absolutely do not disagree on the vision or the product or the way that we heading and i think it's it's quite evident because i mean as we speak my, one of my co-founders is getting engaged to somebody in kerala and i think that that kind of speaks for itself if he found his partner and he's in his early 30s and he's used apps like tinder and whatnot he could not find anybody so it it does work like magic and so he is getting engaged to somebody today right now and 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 that's the thing because we are all finding the product useful ourselves and it's not just us it's also our immediate friends eight of my friends signed up and they are either engaged or already married today you know uh, so and we we are all the the kind who who are kind of old school i would say the vintage kind who who likes the idea of having that one partner but there was no place to go and today i think we we've we've managed to you know start a business that that actually caters to that and as far as the vision goes there are no differences between us you know so my cto and i we we stay together bevin and i you know my my other co-founder we've been friends for about 7 years so there's i mean i think uh, there have been instances in in companies which have raised in millions i think, I think there have been companies with about 12 co-founders and that's been reduced to 9 and 6 and what not uh, that's quite unfortunate but for us we don't have such problems we've been friends for a very long time and uh, we have a very very clear vision and i think that vision has a lot to do with the lifestyle that we have and we all have similar lifestyles so wonderful to hear and just for our listeners even you got uh, engaged through aisle right congratulations on that yeah i'm not engaged yet but i did find my mate on aisle we engaged getting engaged on november 15th and getting married on uh, december 27th okay. brilliant that's really good to hear that your product actually it's it's a validation it's it's solving problems right in your own life as well as your immediate friends and uh, employees so that's that's great and uh, you were also just mentioning about your uh, your lifestyle and stuff like that so is there a daily ritual that you follow in order to remain productive can you share it with our listeners well it's not a set you know schedule and i think it's changed over the years uh, but you know when when i was working alone uh, and i didn't really have to come to an office and sit with everybody i would wake up and just turn on my laptop and i will not move until about uh, 11 o'clock so i'm a, i'm an early riser i wake up at a bit when about i don't know 6 or 7 and I, i'm i'm not sure if my my father would consider that early but i think times have changed right so yeah wake up at about 7 and uh, my most productive hours are from 7 o'clock to 11 and i take like a loop break at 11 probably have some food and then i come back and then i work till 3 i take a short nap from 3 to probably 3:30 or 4 and then uh, i go out for a walk come back and at 6 i start working again at 8 i would go out and grab something to eat and come back i would probably get on facebook or on a phone call or something like that and i do that for about an hour and then get back to work and then by 11 I read the news and then go to sleep. So that was a set schedule that I had when I was working alone. But I think 
Today it's it's different because the needs of the business is different. I need to be out. I need to be talking to investors. I need to be talking to potential partners. And probably I'm on a call with somebody from the US, and I I can't be on that call unless like I I'm, I'm up early or I'm I'm staying up late because you know because of the the time differences and whatnot. So definitely encourage everybody to have that schedule, but it's not very easy to do that. If if I could. and i and i think i would be in a better position if uh, you know we are a bigger team i would definitely have a schedule where you know it it would probably would uh, sound a lot more like the schedule that i i was just talking about so yeah i think uh, for me the most productive hours are the morning great can you tell us something about yourself that's not commonly known there's quite a bit but well i i think i have deep interest in you know filmmaking and specifically in uh, regional films uh, so i'm from kerala and and it's always been a kind of like a dream to be a part of something i mean it could it play a part in a way that it could be as a script writer or uh, assistant camera handling or direction or what not yeah somewhere down the line i definitely see myself getting involved at filmmaking at some level it could be a documentary or short film or or you know like a full fledged film but uh, i'm i'm a big fan of movies in the south i think uh, you know if 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 you read about you know uh, the movies that has been created by the malayalam film film industry a lot of them have been made into hindi for example bodyguard and rishyam and what not so i think there, there are quite a few smart story writers in kerala and i would i would definitely want to meet some of them and try and work with them good luck on that and you you already mentioned about your thai cats right this person yeah. sorry sorry person i don't know why i thought of it as thai but person cats and what happened in in delhi with uh, summer and winter obviously you're a pet lover and uh, I believe Kim's place was one of the first pet boarding and walking solutions in the market is that is that right well if you think about it or, or like if okay now you have uh, kennels where uh, people could uh, go you know keep their pets and but the problem is that they would be kept in jail, uh, you know not jails <laughs> but cages but if if your pet is you know more home friendly like you haven't really let your dog out i mean like if 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 your dog or your cat uh, lives with you then it's always better to you know uh, put them at a place like uh, kim's place so kim was uh, you know a good friend sister so she was very very good at handling dogs uh, she was almost like a dog whisperer and i had an interest in pets and i understood uh, you know online marketing and putting up websites and what not so we kind of came to an agreement that i will do the business and she takes care of uh, the dogs and cats so that's pretty much what happened with uh, kim's place but i think we were definitely one of the first few who who did not really believe in uh, you know uh, renting out a big space building cages and putting uh, dogs and cats inside that we accommodated the dogs and cats with us so we always had probably four to five dogs living with us uh, you know on our couches on our beds all the time and it was it was a very very nice face in life i mean pets are definitely you know they they bring a lot of joy to you i mean it it just de-stresses you at times when it it uh, the going gets tough okay so so do you do you have any pets uh, at the moment or or not no we don't have pets at the moment that's, that's so surprising right for a pet lover and somebody who's been 
doing things with uh, regards to pets. Yeah, uh, so I think, you know, Kim is managing Kim's place all by herself today and she's doing a brilliant job. Do I have a pet today? No. Can I? Uh, I think my schedule does not really permit me of doing that. Will I have pets tomorrow? Definitely. So my co-founder has a fish <laughs> and uh, uh, when, uh, you know, now since he's out for his engagement, he's kept it with us. So yeah, I feed the fish and uh, <laughs> it's not as exciting as raising a dog. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely something that, that is planned for future. Okay. We just have a few more questions. So you touched upon uh, collarbone and uh, you mentioned that the market wasn't there and uh, hence you had to kind of shut it down. So what was the biggest lesson that you learned from that failure or, or that venture? I think the biggest lesson was... <laughs> You definitely need to have some credentials to be able to get appointments with important people or decision makers who can fund your venture. It's exactly like how you would appear for an exam to a prestigious institution. If you do not or if you did not prove yourself in education, you know, in the, in the past, if you didn't get distinctions in your 10th grade, your 12th grade, you probably cannot even apply to some other institutions that you want to be a part of the same way because you are a pet lover you might not really get backed by a partner who can help you with capital who thinks you know knowledge of technology is a lot more important I mean I, I see food tech companies come up today who do not make food themselves I mean I it, it does not you know go with my way of thinking I mean if, if there is food tech I think it should be somebody who who is a chef himself or, or a baker himself and then you know learns about technology and then put puts his venture up on, on online it probably shouldn't be a bunch of kids who've uh, studied technology but has not cooked food ever probably has cooked Maggie noodles or made omelets but uh, decided to do this just because it was hot but at the same time again I cannot be sure of this because either one of them could have gone on to learn or acquire the other skill you know depending on the feedback that that you know users give maybe uh, the engineers would become better chefs or the chefs would become better engineers but if i was to take a call i would definitely go with the one who had interest in cooking and then going on to study technology than the other way other, the other way around so i think that's the, the biggest takeaway that i had but it's not that i applied it to my life I just kept going and uh, you know if, if I didn't have capital and nobody was willing to give me capital I would go work for five years and work with my savings okay okay so so maybe lesson is to build some kind of name for yourself in in that space look if you can get yourself admission in one of the colleges where the alumni network would support you that is probably the best way to build a tech venture Right. You know, but tech ventures are not the only ventures that exist on the planet. And I think it's very important for the listeners to know that there are other companies as well. I mean, there's robotics. There, there's. I'm not saying that this does not have anything to do with technology. There's food. There's music. There's entertainment. They're all billion-dollar markets. Warren Buffett probably does not uh, even invest in technology, right. but he's still a billionaire. So this new interest in tech, this fancy and this whole illusion, it doesn't really have to be this way. I mean, you can go find your passion in photography maybe. I mean, like, uh, I know my co-founder is looking for a photographer and photographers definitely have a good good lifestyle today thanks to all of the, uh, you know, the, the gadgets that have come out. 
Right. You could be a manufacturer. Right. You know, you could be the 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 founder of GoPro. You could you could be that that other founder who has an, uh, another uh, company who is gathering all of the artists and managing them only much louder i don't know if you've heard about it they pretty much manage all india bakshud right. other stand up comedians other artists you could be an event management company uh, right. bringing down artists like uh, like a brian adam uh, somebody you know uh, and having concerts all around uh, india so that's the thing I, i don't think everybody should be focusing on tech just because it makes headlines yeah, yeah so yeah. completely completely agree as an entrepreneur how do you inspire yourself each and every day because it's obviously not easy there's lots of highs and lows in in entrepreneurship and uh, can you give any tips to our budding founders on how they can inspire themselves i think it just comes to a lot of us naturally there's not something that i do in particular uh, but i i do try and you know read about people who've made it reading is definitely a a, a big form of inspiration you know okay. uh, so i have deep interest in philosophy philosophy does help you a lot in just staying on track i mean i you know if if you know about people like socrates so he was put to death but uh, you know he he could have probably evaded that i mean if if he just accepted some of the things that right. the others were right. you know, telling him right he he probably would have been alive for a for a longer period but yeah. he strongly believed in what he did believe right. in and he stood by it right. and he didn't mind dying for that so okay. some people i think you know once they believe in something they definitely want to just take it you know at least take it to a point where they cannot do it anymore yeah so so, so it's it's funny how you mentioned socrates because i was just reading kindle and the book i was reading was think and grow rich i was actually reading about uh, very same thing socrates <laughs> that he was put to death because he believed he believed in himself and and his philosophies and he kind of gave birth to the expression of freedom kind of kind of funny how you mentioned that because it's a coincidence that i was reading a book which was mentioning the very same thing right. so since since you read a lot of philosophy or, or or are interested in philosophy books can you can you recommend any books or resources for our listeners well i i, I don't think i'm uh, you know somebody who would go to a library and uh, pick up a book and sit on it for weeks i'm more of that what is it that i am interested in let me find material about that online i can't really think of you know books but then i don't mind downloading things that are for free so what i do is if i find you know an audio book and it's free i would download that and i would listen to it every time i'm traveling and i can't really think of any names but if i probably go into my itunes right now and just uh, you know go through the 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 podcast and the books that i have the the audio books that i have i could probably find the name of the most interesting one that i'm i'm going through right now so just give me one second while i do that ah okay so the the one that i am listening to at the moment is how to make someone love you forever oh wow, okay. right uh, and uh, why am i reading i mean i'm i'm not trying to make anybody love me forever but i think it's important for me to understand the way that love works for the success of my business so depending on you know what you're into i think i think we spoke a little bit about food tech and i bad mouth right. just a little bit they should probably be reading about you know recipes and what not and uh, yeah at the same time i also read or listen to audiobooks which 
which bring a lot of value in business. I mean, uh, so another the audio book that I'm listening to is The Art of Asking. It does help me when I'm talking to investors. I, I'm, I'm kind of like an introvert, so for, for me to be able to express myself and articulate some of the things that I have in my brain, uh, probably I'm very comfortable sitting next to a friend and communicating, but for me to be able to do that with a stranger, I probably need some more help. So I think anything that can give you, uh, I think we call them self-help books. Right. So that's that's what I read a lot more often than like a Jeffrey Archer or a Sydney Sheldon. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So so yeah, you you recommend self-help books. That's that's great. Just I just have a couple of last last couple of questions. And uh, can you talk a bit about the business model of Isle and what is the future that you envision for Isle? The business model that we have is again I think quite unique. One of the things that is plagued online dating for a very long time, not just in India but around the world is the problem of unwanted calls and messages. And that comes up because of something called monthly subscriptions. I could be somebody who subscribed for about three months and I would try and collect as much data as possible or try and uh, meet or in other words hit on as, as many people as possible in those three months. And that is probably not the the best way to find your partner. We thought about it for a little bit and we came out with a pretty revolutionary sort of a business model. It's the exact same way that somebody would buy a drink for somebody and you know if if the other person accepts it then they start chatting from then on. I'll works the same way. You need to buy something called invites so those could be your drinks and then you can offer it to somebody else and if that other person accepts it then that's when you get connected and you know you start talking to each other but at the same time if the other person rejects your invitation or does not accept your drink you can get it back and you you can always go give it to somebody else so it's a win-win for we as a business because we are monetized you are showing that you're genuinely interested in meeting somebody by paying for that drink and offering it to somebody so we monetize at the same time the, the person who's getting the drink also knows that this person is you know very very interested in me so it's reassuring for everybody and I don't think this business model exists in anywhere I mean we're probably the first ones to do it and I hope we don't get cloned too soon so yeah that's the way that I'll works that's brilliant Uh, and before we move on to the final question how can our listeners get in touch with you do you have a Facebook handle LinkedIn Twitter do you have a blog I'm an email guy Email is probably the best way to get in touch with me and that would be aj at isle.co and you know if, if there are interesting conversations that can happen we can definitely meet offline right after connecting on email. Brilliant. Before we move on to the final question I just want to take the time to acknowledge and thank you for sharing your knowledge and your gyan with our listeners and myself. I'm also very grateful for the value you are adding into the world by means of your venture. Uh, And so with that, we move on to our final question and which is, if there is one gyan that uh, you could give our would-be founders, what would that be? Hmm. I mean, I would definitely want to listen to all the gyan that the other founders have given. Uh, I think we already uh, spoke about it uh, just a little bit. Uh, It would definitely be acquiring skills. If, If you're getting into technology, I think try and get used to the softwares that can help you with technology. So it could be Photoshop with design, probably there could be a Dreamweaver that can help you code. Try and download these tools 
and just get yourself familiarized with that uh, that would probably be my number one tip brilliant brilliant so so keep investing in yourself basically okay okay thank you so much uh, able for your time and it was a real pleasure chatting with you wish you continued success in your business and future ventures sure i think podcast is something new in india i think in the west a lot of the the entrepreneurs who have succeeded in uh, you know building big businesses have been you know open to the idea of just sitting on a table with a mic and another person uh, getting asked questions and you know giving answers in a very open uh, sort of a manner i think indian entrepreneurs who are way more successful than i am should also start doing it and i think uh, you know you can hopefully be that agent who can just put yourself out there start traveling and i know that you know you come a long way just to do this interview and i i really appreciate that but yeah podcasts are definitely definitely i think a little more helpful than a reddit a uh, mna or something like that and yeah just just keep your all the all the wisdom uh, available on the internet uh, it might just help somebody that uh, we may not live to see right. so yeah good job and thank you very much for spending time with me Thanks Abel. So there you have it folks. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode as much as Abel and I enjoyed creating it. If you like the show please share it with your friends. Also like us on Facebook. The address is facebook.com/foundersgyan. Follow us on Twitter. The address there is again @foundersgyan. Subscribe to the show via iTunes, Stitcher Radio and RSS. The links are all on the show notes. Also visit www.foundersgyan.com to see all the previous podcasts that you have that you may have missed and this week's episode would be under foundersgyan.com/ep03 okay enough self advertising you know what this show is meant to do so go ahead and get inspired and take action today thank you all for tuning in and hope to see you again all next week